Hello and welcome back to the Game of Thrones After Show. Tonight we're going to be talking about the series overview. What makes you love Game of Thrones? Our top reasons for loving the show, our predictions of what the spinoff is going to be, and maybe what some things you would have changed about season eight. Stay tuned. You're tuned in to AfterBuzz TV, the ESPN of TV talk. Now, let the buzz Hey guys, always so happy to be here talking <laughs> Game of Thrones. It has been nine years that wow. we have been talking about Game of Thrones, and I'm sad to say this is our last show. Aww. Aww. I'm your host, so Elizabeth Snyder. And joining me, special guest that you've probably seen in the past, Mr. Dave Child. Hi, I'm back <laughs> from the dead. <laughs> it's oh. like I, I rode back and I've just been making armor in King's Landing this entire time. <laughs> Hi, it's Dave Child. I'm Dave Child. Okay, Hi. Gendry. <laughs> and we got Anna K. Thomas with What's us. What's up, guys? Happy to be back for our last show. Can't believe it. I know. And Battlemaster Professor Jeremy Dan. Hi, I'm Jeremy Dan. And Kristen, if you ever want to talk Game of Thrones, you have my number. You can always call me. Aww. We can talk more. Thanks, we can just keep talking and talking and talking. Ryan called me the other night and talked to me for five hours. <laughs> right. A lot about. of Game of Thrones talk yeah. and then nonsense about Peter Baelish. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> All right, guys. Tonight, we're going to talk about the entire series Overall thoughts is going to be our number one topic, and then we're going to get into maybe things that you would have changed. And then we're going to talk about, hey, if you rewatched it all, what did you notice with all the info you have now? And then we're going to get into series highlights, maybe some lines that we loved from the show, and then top three reasons we love Game of Thrones, and then our predictions for the spinoff. Amazing. Adorable. <laughs> so, Dave, why don't you start us off? Because you haven't been here no. too much this season. So, what were your overall thoughts of the series of a whole and like season eight as well? Yeah. So, I mean, my overall thoughts of the season is we're this is the first show of its ilk that we're never going to have a mm-hmm. show like this, not for a long time at least. And it's changed television. We've, this is the first show that's like every single episode has been a fantasy feature film essentially and that's amazing and i think that alone has made it like a great series um the last season's been tough for me uh i was someone who i was i've been someone who's like okay we're gonna see how they how they do this like (laughs) all right they killed the the night king kind of early but let's see what happens (laughs) And I was one of the people that it's the show, the first episode that I was, I kind of, it lost me on was when Daenerys turned evil, that first little switch. So this last season's been tough, but the last episode was good. I enjoyed the last episode. I feel like they just rushed up to the point to get to the last episode, Mm -hmm. and all I wish was that they didn't try to make two epic movies in the middle Mm. of the season and they spent that time, if not more episodes, just more time working on characters and yeah. working on character development and not giving us, like, a giant, at least two action movies. Give us one action movie. Yeah. So that was my one complaint, but as as a whole, I loved the show. And it was yeah. a good show still. I agree. Best show ever. Yeah. <laughs> Sets the bar for every other show that's to come. 
especially right. for HBO with the Absolutely. money that they have. Mm-hmm. What do you? What did you, Jeremy and Kay? Like, what yeah. is your overall thoughts AK? on this show? Okay, forty-seven primetime Emmy awards. Wow. I mean, if that doesn't speak for itself, I don't know what does. AK bringing the facts. I mean, you know, I'm a pop culture junkie, <laughs> so that's what I do. But yeah, as far as like a mythical fantasy medieval realism, you know, this is on par with you know the Lord of the Rings, the Star Wars, the Narnias, and I just mm-hmm. feel like for television, I totally agree with Dave. It's the first of its kind that we've seen to to be developed to this extent. Obviously, right. they had great material they were working off of for the majority of the series. Yeah. But I just think that it was, you know, never have I cared so much about individual characters, so many at one time. For me, another HBO show that I loved is The Wire, and it had a major, major character development. So at any point in The Wire, you were really caring about 30, 40 plus characters mm-hmm. all at the same time. I've never experienced a show like that until Game of Thrones, and to this day, there are so many individual characters, both primary and secondary, that I have come to love, and I really do think that's a special thing that only Game of Thrones has been able to do in a very long time. I agree. Uh, I think this is a work of art that's going to stand the test of time, and it's a global work of art of importance. If we Mm -hmm. can pull up another work of art that's kind of famous, I, I relate this and I've thought about this from the beginning, of this show is being kind of similar to the Sistine Chapel. Mm-hmm. Um, just the enormity and the scope of this work. You have respect for the individual creator, the visionary, and that's George R. R. Martin. And I, I know it sounds a little dramatic, but to say Michelangelo, but there were so many others that were part of crafting and, and uh, putting parts of it together. Both took multiple years. Uh, in, the, in the Sistine Chapel, four years, in this case, ten years and beyond as the show. The most major work ever of its kind is, as you guys were alluding to, there's been nothing else like it. The detail on both. Mm-hmm. You learn something new every time you look at it. Look at the Sistine Chapel, which we see up there on the screen now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you also have both a main storyline in the case of the Sistine Chapel. It's the creation that runs down the middle. God creating Adam and Eve and, and the world. In Game of Thrones, you, you might have two storylines. The battle against the dead and the battle for the throne. The right. Game of Thrones. And finally, of all these smaller vignettes and storylines and other characters that you still uh, love. And you might love some more than others. Mm -hmm. And in the case of the Sistine Chapel, I've studied it a lot. And you have certain pieces of that that have this great composition and color and others that you might not like quite as much. But again, the enormity of the work. The difference, though, Mm -hmm. Game of Thrones was a show and is sequential. So people have been let down by that final stanza. The ending just frankly pulls things together and is the most important part and sticks with people. And that's where the Wire was such an enormous show and delivered, I think, more on that ending stanza. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. Well, I haven't finished watching The Wire. In fact, I've fallen asleep a few times, so Game of Thrones is still it for me. Ooh, I just binged it last summer. fire! <laughs> just kidding. But guys, let, we are short on time tonight, so yes. let's get into our second, second uh, topic, what you would have changed. Now, for me... I really wanted the Night King to get an origin story yes. that we could see through Bran's night sight, or sorry, his green sight, and then I really wanted Jamie to be the only one who get to could get close enough to yeah. Cersei to mm-hmm. kill her. Like I feel like a few people thought that he was going back to kill her. We talked about this over. We were texting yeah. each other oh, for okay. that last thing because, like, I I felt with Jamie especially that was that was disappointing for me mm-hmm. because he spent a long time 
they they developed his character into an arc. It was moving away yeah. to something. It was moving. He was becoming something bigger than what he was. And the fact that he went back at the very end to, I will never move past the person I am, which is someone who's blindly in love with Cersei, and it doesn't really matter. Like I was someone who, as soon as he left. Like, uh, as soon as he left Winterfell, I was like, no, 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 no. I know, I, I know it just seems like he's an F-boy here, but <laughs> I, 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 this is, he's really saying this to Brienne just so he could go back and he can get close to Cersei and he can, he needs to face his demon and his demon is his love for Cersei yes. and that's what he needs to do. And then when he sees her and they just love each other, yeah. I'm just like... Dude, no, no, this is, you're past this. You should still yeah. be in love with her, but you should realize why it's wrong and what she's done. Like John did with Danny. Yeah. I think in a way they were maybe doing this so it could be a foil to that. Yeah. So you can, it's the, my biggest things with the this last episode of Game of Thrones, looking back on the whole thing, mm-hmm. I could see how the index cards look great. When you put the index cards on a wall and you're saying, this happens here, this happens here, this happens there, you could look at that from far away and be like, this looks great. Daenerys turns evil? Jon has to kill Daenerys at the end? Everything goes back, everything will work out. But you don't, you need to put the time to earn those moments. And it's, that was my biggest thing. That's the biggest thing I would change was put more time into earning these big plot points and also to stay true to the character you now have and not have a dream yeah. scenario like you now have a Jamie that wouldn't go back I and agree. fall in love with Cersei you now have a Daenerys who wouldn't make that choice mm-hmm. but you could have a Daenerys that made that choice if mm-hmm. you spent the time exactly. and, and like and actually worked with it Something the fans also mentioned is they would have liked to see that Dragonglass didn't kill the Night King, and they would have liked for him to come down to mm-hmm. King's Landing, which I kind of would have liked as well. And then the fans wanted the Night King sim- symbols to actually mean yes. something. Yes, like we were all spending the time. Yeah, <laughs> the swirlies. which when I went, he loves swirlies. During my rewatch, like I thought it it looks like the Weirwood tree where the Night King was turned into. Right. The Night yeah, King, basically. The tree but, itself. Yes, the yeah. tree. When well, they do, and like, it also the above. branches. And also the uh, the ceremony was a stone-like. Mm-hmm. And but they I, just never put any more it, into that. It even had seven tendrils, like the Faith of the Seven right. mm-hmm. and the Seven Kingdoms. And, and then seven. similar, we talked about similar to the um, Targaryen sigil. Like in, exactly. in look, yeah, yeah. yeah. So there's I, so much there. I always think of it as like kind of a a swirling loop or something, a vortex of something that could be kind of no, this <laughs> like makes a cyclical sense. thing about time. Yeah, 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 and also like a vortex, and also like a hurricane, like a like mm-hmm. climate change, like all this stuff is <laughs> kind of a cyclone that's that's unstoppable. That's how I always kind of yeah. saw it. And to to that point, another thing that always bothered me was what Bran actually does. As the three-eyed raven. Besides, yeah, I feel like a lot of people were confused about his powers in the the battle of the, the Long Night. It was like, where did he right. go? Was he in the dragon? Was he in the Night King? Why like, does, him being marked like bring it together? Why does the Night King want to kill him specifically? They came up with a thing that said like, oh, he knows all of the history of Game of Thrones. He knows all the history of Westeros. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay, he's a mystical Google. 
But they're not using that. He's not even they writing didn't. a he's not even writing a book about it. If mm-hmm. they made it so if they made it as simple as Bran is the only way spring can come back. Mm-hmm. The three eyed raven brings the spring. And yeah. so you need to have a three eyed raven in order to get out of winter. Yeah, or if he like would warg into Drogon. Also, I thought it would have been cool if Danny was pregnant to kind of make the stakes higher. Jaden, what would have you changed before we get into our next topic? Uh, so, a little bit what Dave was talking about, but more on the story they wanted to deliver. I did not have any, you know, I didn't think about what ending would I have liked to have seen, but mm-hmm. if they wanted to deliver on the story they told, I would have, as my fellow panelists know, delivered on the Howland Reed playing into this. And this <laughs> oh my is, God. We're, we're not there yet with these graphics. Um, so, deliver on Howland Reed. Um, he if was men- mentioned time, several Jay times. Dan. He was mentioned he several times. Dan. His kids were there and guided Bran through the north. We have the Tower of Joy scene. He could have actually been the one living person that testified to John's place. In the end, we don't even know how many people knew about John's place between the Varus note and the mystical Bran reveal. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I would have had the Bran Tyrion discussion. Play out. We should have had some outtakes from the Bran and Tyrion discussion about what have you seen and what mm-hmm. has your journey been. Because that is the discussion on which Tyrion based his whole thing about this is why this guy should be king. And it reminded me of the show Entourage, where near the end, Vince gets married. Oh, I, don't know, I don't know, I don't know, don't spoil it. Well, to, blah, to a woman. Blah, blah, blah. To a, I mean, it's kind of. It's been like 15 yes, years. It has I a don't movie. have time. Too late. Don't. No, to a don't woman, spoil Kristen, got to follow through on it. To a woman that he uh, had one day of conversation with who hated him and they cut away. You are the worst. You spoiled a show for me. No, no, uh, uh, no no recording of their discussion. He also spoiled the Sistine Chapel for you. Yes, exactly. I will not forgive you. So, Mad Queen Danny, you could have had a couple of archers take a pot shot at her and that drives her over the edge. You could have seen some... Uh, of the the wildfire accidentally go up and she thinks it's another attack. Then instead of ninety nine percent of people yeah. thinking it was ridiculous, I agree with that. at least you'd have eighty twenty. I would and have finally had her destroy fu- and then bells happen and then when she but she already made the choice to start firing and because the bells were going off, she had to make the choice of just keep with it. Anyways, yeah. and so finally. An episode on that new politics. We have the meeting that takes five minutes of a bunch of giggly, mostly dudes. Mm-hmm. And I, they, it would have been great to have an episode of them kind of in the court negotiating with each other and, and making plans. It all happened in five minutes. That was a little uh, ridiculous to pick your new king. Awesome. I know you guys have all rewatched the shows. So what have you noticed now with all the info that you have? For me... I picked out this story that Uncle Benjen said Mm. to Bran that he was actually killed by the White Walkers Mm. and the Children of the Forest came and actually saved him. Mm -hmm. They put dragonglass Mm -hmm. in Uncle Benjen's heart to save him from becoming a White Walker. Now, why did Mm. we never capitalize on showing that with one of our main characters? That would have been amazing if, like, Tormund got hurt and the Children of the Forest saved him at some point by, you know, putting dragonglass in his heart. Like, I would have loved that to come to fruition. But it's like, why were we given this, like, awesome bit of information that they never capitalized on? I was also actually thinking, because, okay, dragonglass in a heart, also some mystical stuff can cause this. 
I was waiting for Kyburn to create his own White Walker. I was creating Ooh, for him. That would have been cool. Waiting for something where like Franken Mountain was all of a sudden going to become a White Walker with a little help with Dragon Glass or something. That would have been cool. But you know, like they that. also had to wrap things up. So <laughs> I guess that's trying to keep things contained rather yeah. than expanding so many things. I love. There were so many Easter eggs, and I think that's again when we talk about the overall thoughts of the show, why it's so special and so mm-hmm. important is like, like you said about the Sistine Chapel. With every new take, you're going to see different things. Something that stuck out for me is way back, season one, episode eight, the pointy end, when um, Rob is leaving Bran and Rickon, and he's going to talk to Bran, he's saying his goodbyes. Little Rickon is hiding, and he's like, they've all gone away. And then Bran is like, no, you know, Rob's going to go free Ned, and he's going to free Catelyn, and everything's going to be fine. And Rickon very calmly is like, no, they won't. Like, that's not mm-hmm. happening. Yeah, and it I just It's that. just such a foreshadow to what's to come, not only with Rickon's own life, but obviously with the entire Stark clan and family. And I just thought it was so cool how they just sprinkle those things in and you don't even realize it's happening on first watch. I yeah. agree. There's so much that if you go back and watch, like, you're like, wow, he was right. And, like, Cersei said Danny would you know, ruin all of the Seven Kingdoms, and she did. It's, like, <laughs> things that you wouldn't pay attention, you just, like, looked over. Yeah. These characters actually yeah. called. And for my thing is the the dagger that's go- that's going across the entire season, like, the, in the entire series. The sword in, like, the credits? Or? No, the dagger itself that Arya oh, used. Oh, Because it's dagger, the beginning yeah. of things, it comes up later when even Sam is looking through books about, like, how do you kill White Walkers? Yes. One of them is an exact, is <laughs> is a drawing of the exact dagger. <laughs> and it's it's kind of fated to end up killing the Night King in the end. Mm-hmm. And that's why I thought, actually, Arya being the one to, king, to kill uh, the king was actually a good choice. And also, Bran giving her the knife yes, was also a good choice. So it's all that stuff actually worked out, and it's something throughout the entire series. That's what I really enjoyed. I agree. So my comments are based on what I didn't observe as I rewatched because in the in the last <laughs> few days I'm not surprised. I watched the build up of Danny and some key scenes to see what was really out there in terms of clues about Mad Queenness. And I watched um her at the gates of Carth, I watched her in the execution of the Tarleys, the burning of the cows and in Vice Dothrak and I didn't see it. I didn't see madness. I saw more control, yes. Uh, imperiousness, yes, ruthlessness, but not madness. And, and at that moment on the wall when she starts breathing breathing hard and her eyes change and she just knows she needs to become stone-cold killer, I didn't see the things building up to that. Also, in Bran, there have been some viral videos about how we should be reading the clues about Bran. Mm. I watched the scenes. I didn't see... I don't see that. <laughs> I didn't see, um, see that. Um, the, the clue I got, and it was already we had talked about in the show, because we talked about in one of our shows the odds and that Bran was skyrocketing to the top. And I had already seen that in terms of winning the Game of Thrones. And uh, in the midst of that... I, uh, uh, what was it, Varys that said, in, to a king, indifference is an asset. Mm-hmm. I think they were talking about mm-hmm. Jon Snow at the time, but I said, there's the setup. There's that one line they're going to base the whole setup on of mm-hmm. Bran becoming the king. And he, he, he was wanting, or he wanted nothing. And maybe that's why they say now he makes the best king. I don't think they set it up. I this just is- wish they gave us like more likable moments. To get behind Bran, they made him a they made him an asshole. Like he like, <laughs> like even an evil said, asshole. <laughs> he even said to your favorite reads, like he even said like I don't need you anymore. <laughs> I just got into goth music. And it just it, it was kind of unfortunate. But they're also trying to say 
The reason why I kind of thought it was going to be Bran at the end mm -hmm. was because it's a book thing, but he's the very first perspective you see. Mm -hmm. You you read yeah. is Bran. Wow. So of course I think in the books the last perspective we're gonna hear is gonna be Bran. Because it's it's I think George R. R. Martin still likes that like and it's also you do see his path. I think that's a book thing. I think that's going to be the same beat in the book. It's how the show earned that beat, like we were talking about before, that I'm not sure they quite did. And But, you know, yeah. it's... Yeah, I, I wish... I agree. I wish they made him more likable. I wish they made him less cold. I did see some theories that he's... Because he's so distant and because he's so not human, he's the only one that can be king. And if they're going to ever, like, settle into a democracy, which is probably the inevitable conclusion, they're going to need to have someone who's able to do that without any ego getting in the way. Right. And that's Bran right now. That's a good point. Or he could turn into an evil death spirit, which is <laughs> a lot of theories are just these some um, children of the forest, like, implanted in his body, and just slowly oh he'll become this immortal <laughs> Maybe that could be a spinoff. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But let's get into our topic number four, series highlights. Yes. Moments that defined Game of Thrones for you. Mm. For me, it was the dialogue between the characters, those lines that sort of woke you up to a different perspective. Mm -hmm. One of my favorites was from Jon Snow. He said, people work together when it suits them. They're loyal when it suits them. They love each other when it suits mm. them. And they kill each other when it suits them. Right. And then later on, Cersei says, people murder their friends when it suits them. Well, hey, that might have been the wisest line Jon Snow said. <laughs> <laughs> the most and the most political. The most political. Don't throw down my Johnny. <laughs> oh, John is Johnny. not a wise man. Johnny. All right. Other highlights I just want to throw out there. Obviously, Ned's death. I yeah. feel like they broke the narrative like, our expectations of what narrative should be when that happened. They broke the narrative wheel. The narrative wheel. The purple <laughs> wedding, like, how satisfying oh, Joffrey's death was. I feel like the revenge of the red wedding yeah. was yeah. almost more yeah. satisfying with Arya. And then Cersei's impri imprisonment, imprisonment mm -hmm. which was her own doing, pretty much, by yeah. empowering the High yeah. Sparrow. I know Anna Kay has some serious stuff on the Red I Wedding. I know, it was oh, definitely, you loved yeah, it? I loved it. I think that the Red Wedding was such a phenomenal point in the show, not only because it changed the narrative expectations, but just because of how they set it up. I thought it showed real restraint from our writers. This also was an Emmy-nominated episode for the entire series, and I loved how it was... It gave you the mystery and the clues from hearing the reins of Casimir to seeing the chainmail on Bolton's mm. arm. It was, I was along for the journey. And I love that Martin, especially for a book reader, was inspired by real history. Um, this was inspired by Scottish history. It was a 15th century event called the Black Dinner. And so um, this king invited all these chieftains to feast and they served a black bullhead as the last course, which is an omen for death. Mm. And a single drum played while they were feasting on this black boar's head and then they all. They, they were executed. So I just really thought that it showed restraint from D&D. And then Martin also said this was the hardest thing for him to write. He wrote the entire rest of the book first and then went back to write <laughs> wow. that chapter. Wow. So yeah. for it to have that much importance to him as a writer and as a creator, and then for our showrunners to... For all the problems I think they had in the finale, for them to really treat this with the respect and care and restraint that it deserved, I just think it was so phenomenal. 
Right. I agree. Boom. Love it. <laughs> <laughs> Loves the red wedding. I love the purple re- wedding. Yeah. What about you? What wedding do you like? Which one? <laughs> What's your favorite wedding? <laughs> what, uh, what speaks to you? How, what defined Game of Thrones for you, Professor? Uh, uh, a small moment, but I mentioned that the Ned and John moment parting at the King's Road for some reason, my spidey sense went up just as a a young man watching that that episode, and I said, that might be the most important line in the show. You know, when I see you again, I'll tell you who your mother is. And I kind of watched it mm-hmm. with that hypothesis, and it was an interesting way to try to pick up the clues around it. Mm-hmm. The viper and the mountain and the, yes! the battle there. And the reason that means a lot to me is because it's before I was a commentator on the show and was watching <laughs> it with a viewing party of, like, 30 friends and seeing the reaction in the room like a mosh pit of people literally bumping into each other, running into walls, <laughs> falling over, covering their eyes. It was so visceral. It brought it so real. I'd never seen anything, even like a winning touchdown in a Super mm-hmm. Bowl, uh, affect people that way. And finally, the Battle of the Bastards. Yes, great my second favorite. As yes. a, mm-hmm. a, a military strategy piece, which you guys know I find fun, but it was also kind of a smart versus dumb versus smart strategy. Jon Snow threw all of his strategy out the door. Ramsay had a very strategy, yes. great, a smart strategy, but Sansa owned them both, essentially, and that's when it really marked she had changed as a character for me. Yeah, so good. Every time they went against expectations, and I think this was mm-hmm. this is said in all of your all of your points, is every time it goes away from how you think the narrative is going to play out. Why the Viper and Mountain fight was so good was because we were just starting to like the Viper. And he was like, oh, this guy, and now he could fight? This guy's awesome. (laughs) Oh, he's dead. His eyes are... Oh, the thumbs are through the eyes now. And the Red Wedding, it's like, look at all these characters in one place. They're not all going to die. And then they all all die. And Bruce Bolton is showing off his uh, his new armor. Yeah, I know. his it's wedding just, armor. I know. <laughs> yeah, it's why. Like, it also made it. It's, it's why the last season seemed very different from the other seasons too. Because the difference is like you suddenly have this giant epic fight, and Brienne gets out fine, and everyone gets out fine. The people that die are like Jorah. That are, mm-hmm. are kind of safe choices. It's mm-hmm. almost like they expected us to think everyone was going to die, so then they turned it around. It, it just didn't have the same restraint. Yeah, and and care. And again, I say this as someone who loves the show, guys. Yeah. Like, so just don't hate me too much. But it didn't show the same care of this, the character arcs that we've been spending so much time building. Right. You know, it just it was a little it was flawed. I agree. They could have had like this amazing. Oh my god! Oh no! Sam's dead. And but like it's like okay now. Sam. I'm glad. I'm glad everyone is alive and okay. <laughs> but it's still it's still uh, kind of disappointed me because I'm so used to as someone who is a writer and someone mm-hmm. who watches something and often goes like, oh, I bet this is going to happen. This show constantly surprised me. Yes. And yeah. this last season did not so surprise <laughs> me. So I wanted to be a bit more surprised. Although, yeah. again, the show's still great. It's going to go down to history as one of the greatest shows. So it's you're, everyone's fine. But <laughs> it's just something I kind of wished continued into this one. I mean, 1.5 million people signed a petition that they were not happy with it. That's I mean, so I don't, silly. Here's the thing. I don't <laughs> That's think, too extreme for me. I don't think anyone <laughs> thought it was going to be remade. I think they wanted to express to the writers and the people who made it that they did they didn't serve us what we wanted they didn't respect the characters and stories that they had built over all this time and we were dissatisfied and i think that's okay i don't think people signed that actually thinking it was going to be remade i've got good news for everyone who signed that petition the books haven't come out yet. 
he's still writing the books. You're gonna get it all remade and probably told in a slower more interesting way True. that might get even a little boring sometimes. Do we but... have to start at book one, though? Because for me, I'm like, God, that's a to lot. To just dive in? Yeah, can yeah, I just dive a... in with the last two? I suggest you read from starting from book one because it's a great read. Mm-hmm. Four is a slog. But <laughs> but every but all of them are good reads, and uh, especially five is actually really, really good. You have to realize the book ends, Jon Snow is still dead. That's where the book ends. Right now? That's where right we now. End. That's where we left off. Everything past Jon Snow dying and not even coming back yet <laughs> is all the TV show yeah, yeah, yeah. with, I think, George R. R. Martin being like, probably this is going to happen. You, you know someone as a business opportunity is going to come up with a book about the books that lets people know what falls in between the cracks so you can start reading the book. Someone's going right. to either come up with that documentary or that, yeah. that book. A few more highlights I want to get into before we get into our top three reasons why we love Game of Thrones um, was Olena confessing to Jamie that Ooh. she had killed Joffrey. Well, that know moment that, you was know a that highlight Tyrells for me. Are my favorite characters oh. in the Marjorie and Lady Olena are yes. my top. So that was fantastic. I love that you picked that that moment, and then uh, bringing back John, obviously, where we left mm-hmm. off in the books, and then I d- we haven't said anything about season eight. But Brienne being knighted yes. was pretty amazing. So good. Right? It was I cried. so good. <laughs> he did cry. Can I, I also say, him. as much as the show is shows off uh, the rainbow of toxic masculinity, Tormund Giantsbane is the best man that ever lived <laughs> and will continue to be the best man. He is my favorite. He's someone you guys who... You similar, actually. I, lo- I would love... <laughs> To just be Tormund Giants Bane. Uh, he is my favorite by far, and he's someone who, he's the only one in the show that he's, he's, it falls in love with Brienne. He's going after Brienne. I was rooting for them. <laughs> Obviously, they should have been together. But Aww. you know what? When Brienne turns him down, you know what he does? He walks away. <laughs> Good for you, Tormund. He listened, and he walked away, and now he's having adventures with ghosts. Well, see, he also great. cried. Yeah, not before he <laughs> went to the Hound and he cried about it. He did that first. Which is what a man should do. <laughs> I agree with Get that Get your part. giant's breast milk Aww. and just cry into it. What a great guy. One more thing about season eight. Hero turns antagonist is amazing. And I love that thought. And I was so glad that John had to kill Danny in the end. And the fact that we saw someone who was building up to be a hero turn into the enemy. I love all of that. Just like Dave was saying earlier, though, the execution, I didn't love. So looking forward to that in the books. Yeah. Now, guys, top three reasons you love Game of Thrones. Dave, you have three. Tormund's Giants, babe. <laughs> That's three. That's <laughs> three. That's fine. I... The, the biggest reason why I love this show is it gave you... This was five shows in one, at least. Yeah. You, if you're not into the into the the um, the little finger kind of political aspect of everything that's going on, you can watch the Arya show. Or you can watch the Brienne show. Yeah. Or you can watch anything. It's There's so many different things. And that's also why the last season was going to be hard anyways. Mm -hmm. Because the show had to change. Because now they're all back together. So it's no longer five separate shows that you're tuning into. But that was my favorite part of the show. Is that it's... You have these separate, uh, like, groups that you can follow and you can get into. Another aspect is that 
this was a fantasy show that has become huge. And people started watching it because it slowly moved into fantasy. It was a political, Mm -hmm. like, really into how people are dealing with their own family, their own cycle of of abuse, and then it turns into, you know, then now they're fighting the dead, and now there are dragons, and it slowly got you there, and I love that. And that's good fantasy, and that's good sci-fi, too, if it was a sci-fi version of this. But it's just, I'm so glad that this was a show that you could talk to anyone of all yeah. ilk. You can have, like, a biker just <laughs> just it almost us punch all you together if he almost punches you in the face and then you're like but what do you think about Cersei oh you know and then you can talk about Cersei <laughs> or you can talk to anyone from any different like shade and they all loved one fantasy show which as a nerd who just grew up living in fantasy it was just nice to see the world see what i see in yeah. stories yeah. so I agree. That was definitely one of mine, too. It was nice to get lost in the world and not have a time frame of reference. Like, it was sort of like medieval realism. We don't know exactly when it was, so I definitely love that. Um, For me, we haven't talked about the cinematography of the show. And just how... (laughs) beautiful it is and stunning and the lengths that they went through obviously with the documentary we saw a lot about that but just from the locations to Ireland, Iceland, Spain the commitment of the stunt teams the props, the special effects 15 million dollars per episode it just, the scale of it was so tremendous and visually I feel like they took some shortcuts on the storytelling towards yeah. the end, but they never stopped the shortcuts with the visual storytelling. So I yeah. really appreciate that. The black of that one episode, oh the my longest God. night, was like just... <laughs> the it best was, black ever. Yeah, know? it was just... I know a lot of people complain about it, but that's just because we all have shitty TVs. It was magical. <laughs> it was magical. It was shot. How much more blacker can you get? <laughs> the answer is none. It's so good. It was so magical. Good. And then my last thing real quick... Kristen, you'll agree with me. Badass female characters. Yeah, Arya, Sansa, Woo! Cersei, even even secondary tier count yes. characters like Masande mm-hmm. and even Melisandre. I mean, I know she's kind of like a villain, but these these fierce women, Cersei, people that are complex, people that care about their legacy, their families, politics. Sansa stepping into Catelyn's role as Lady of Winterfell and, yes. and living on that legacy. I just thought, and obviously Arya with just being Arya and the badass that she is, just fantastic. So I just really think as a show that had a lot of male-dominated areas, it was still a vessel for females to shine. And accentuated by the fact it was not that at the beginning. And they they set us up for some great character arcs for those characters. Brienne, yeah, Mm -hmm. all of it. Jaden, So me, I'm getting called on. So one (laughs) I call the timing, the trends, and the technology. This is the show that was at Mm -hmm. this juncture of... It was still, it might be the last appointment viewing show in this era of binging. It might be the last appointment viewing of a a show, a drama. Um, Yet it also was very bingeable and people caught up. I had lots of friends that wanted to catch up by the end. It was water cooler conversation in the way that only kind of sports often is. So it had us there. Clips. People watch so many clips on YouTube. You see these clips with 20 million views. Amazing. And finally, the commentaries, the gossip, the fan theories, the fan fiction. Nothing, uh, the social media. Not- our job, our hobby yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Nothing else has combined it like this. And I think it's because of the time when it started. Social media kind of wasn't on mobile as big. We, it wasn't like today. More people were still watching appointment television. And it was just at that right time where technology was changing a bit, but still hadn't. Yeah. So it had all of them at the same time. We'll see if it happens again. 
the other thing it was another reason I like it, it was like a mystery. It rewarded you for intelligence. It rewarded yes. you for paying attention, attention for the first six seasons, and they dropped some of that. <laughs> um, but a lot of that was there along the way. And finally, similar to what you guys were saying, but it had something for everyone. Acting. Dun, dun, da, da, dun, oh, dun, dun, what is Oh my God, you guys, this Thank is crazy. You. I'll give it to the. Camera. Oh my gosh! Oh my God. For everyone who's oh listening on iTunes, Stephen just walked in with a giant chocolate cake. <laughs> it is the. Watch has ended. Your watch has oh. ended. Oh my gosh! Great Thank you. Wow. Thank you, Stephen. You guys, Stephen in the booth. Show your face. Show your face. Stephen in the booth. He's a real man. He's a real man. That's a man, man. Enough for Ryan to get some tomorrow. That is so nice that we're appreciated by our home here at Afterbus TV. I mean, it's been nine years talking about the show. Like literally, guys, I'm gonna be depressed. Like I don't know what I'm gonna talk about. Real quick, if you guys are watching, if this doesn't deserve a thumbs up, I don't know what does. So please subscribe. We love hearing you guys on YouTube, on iTunes, everywhere else that we are, Spotify, on all the platforms. So thank you guys for being so loyal and for sticking with us for all this time. It's been amazing. So just want to say thanks and give us those thumbs up. It's really great. Absolutely. And And if you do, we'll send you a piece of cake. Yes. Now I want to cut this with a big sword and see what flies out of it. (laughs) I think that's the next move. All I have is a pen, though. I think I was making a point. He came in right before I was going to say the final things that people loved it for. No, no, no. The final thing I was about to say was great costumes and sex. Okay. Yeah. So yeah. You could, if nothing else, yeah, you could, it, that was the, an element of the show. And for certainly, people. they tempered that down, except for the one bronze scene that seemed so out of place. Mm-hmm. It definitely got people interested in it. it they at hooked the beginning, us with though. sex. Yeah, and, and then so, and then we got to know them better. Nothing has combined <laughs> combined those elements in an interesting ingredient mix, much like a cake. No one has uh, done it like Game of Thrones. I agree. My top three. It's going to be a lot shorter than all of yours. Um, <laughs> world building, obviously, oh, yeah. we haven't seen uh, you know, an artist like George R. R. Martin for how long come into our lives and completely build this world. I mean, everyone knows Westeros, Essos, yeah. like this entire... I'd argue Tolkien was the one to do it before. Uh, and true, Stan true. Lee, and Stan Lee, but- Lucas, maybe... Uh- uh, There's Rowling, few of J.K. Them, Rowling, but I mean, one the, hand. This yeah. has been my favorite. Yeah, I don't feel cool. to for me. I don't feel like it's been done to this extent with this many places, with this many characters, with this many languages. I mean, like insane to me. And I will forever feel like King's Landing is a real place. Mm. Absolutely. And Not so, anymore. <laughs> <laughs> it's still there. It'll be rebuilt. Um, and the dialogue. Obviously, we mentioned a few lines, but just the fact that, you know, words can really change your perspective and storytelling can change your perspective and the way that they told these stories and the lines that they delivered mm-hmm. went went deep through a lot of us. I mean, made us think different ways about life in general. I mean, George R. R. Martin was always talking about something other than the characters in this book. He was obviously commentating on, you know, our world that we live in, and I loved that. And then the classic narrative rule-breaking that I touched on earlier, 
of just breaking our expectations and like you, Dave, yeah. always wanting the seasons to surprise you and like being a writer as myself, I felt like I could predict a lot, but I loved when I couldn't and I loved being wrong because that's what you want. You don't want to like watch a trailer to a movie and then go <laughs> in and it happens exactly like you think it's going to. You love being thrown off and I feel like this show always did that and it's the best part of being entertained is, you know, to go in and be thrown on this ride and not know what to expect and really enjoy it mm-hmm. at the end. So for me, I love the show. There's so many more than three, but that's my three. And yeah. then lastly, for our predictions for the spinoffs, I mean, I'm just going to throw mine out there real quick. I would like Arya, a show about Arya, her West travels. Yes, the other two continents, exploring those with her, I think would be amazing. Mm-hmm. And then what if, like, Drogon was causing havoc and John came to join her and take care of Drogon, and Ooh, I think that would be exciting. a good show. What about you, Dave? What do you want to see in a spinoff I know, or a prequel? I know these are prequels, so yeah. I, for one, I would love to see the Duncan Egg uh, chronology, like in this. They're short films, uh, they're short stories that kind of all lead up to one story about just the the fighting of Aegon, who's a Targaryen, and and Dunk, who's like, uh, who's a knight, and they're just doing night night things. Which this is from is really the nice. books. From the books. Got it. They're from separate short stories that he also wrote that are set in Westeros. Um, but I would also love the Doom of Valeria. I would love to have it be about what happened to Valeria. We only have seen old Valeria. It's where all the stone men are hanging out. It's mm-hmm. where Drogon was holding out. And we know that the Targaryens are from Valeria, but we know something terrible happened to them. So I could see a whole show being about basically the fall of Rome, the fall of Valeria. You'll still have yeah. dragons everywhere, and we'll see what happens to them. Like hundreds of years before Game yeah. of Thrones. That would be I would really watch cool. that. Show. I want to watch that show right now, Dave. That's really yeah. good. That's a real like. I almost want to just say that. <laughs> I mean, what do you want to see? Uh, I, you want, see I know that. you want to see romance. Come on, I know I you want love to the see, romance. I, surprisingly, <laughs> I want more Bran and Night King mm, history. So I'd yeah. be down for some more um, Night King stuff. I thought you meant I, like an adventure with just the two of them. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be it's down, a buddy movie. Yeah, yeah, I'd be down for more history north of the Wall. Maybe more wildlings. More. Like about that. that maybe more people like egret some other fierce female wildling characters coming into play that would be pretty satisfying for me mm. I would love that. I, they've talked about this but i think they're making a big mistake by not doing an aria spin-off because she is on the perfect vehicle literally the boat heading out to new adventures and it'd be easy to do but i have a pet project uh you guys know I'm a big fan of Andrew McClay, Appledorf, strong beard. Background actor, number if, one. Um, yeah. Uh, He's if, great. Yeah, so just using him in a show I think would be amazing. And if, uh, if we could just put uh, image number five up. I don't think we have time to show the, the full image number five. Well, there's number one His of him. sigil so, that you made. There we go, the sigil <laughs> for how strong beard... I think Sansa knows who her loyal warriors are in the north. Elevate them to take over. Our blades are dull. The dread for our blades are dull. Nothing could penetrate those beards. They, they are the true <laughs> defenders of the realm. And right. with that amazing spinoff, <laughs> unfortunately, we have to end the show. But guys, it's been so fun. It's been a privilege to be talking about this show with you for the past nine years. You can follow me, Kristen Elizabeth Snyder, at Cinematic Escape. I only really post on Instagram right now. I feel like (laughs) that's where everyone's going at this point. But Dave... 
Where can we follow you? You can follow me at mrdavechild or davechild.com and check out the couple of music videos I've been dancing Ooh, in recently. Yes. One of them just got over like 20 million views. That's amazing. Wow. Yes. Congratulations. <laughs> you guys can find me at Anna K. Thomas on all platforms, but like Kristen, I love IG. And I just want to give a shout out to Ryan Malti, who couldn't be here, yeah. but he also has yeah. been such a loyal member of this panel, so he also just wants to say thank you guys so much for being with us. You can follow him Ryan. at Ryan Malti. Ryan Malady. Mr. Energy Ryan Malady. <laughs> yeah. I'm Jeremy Dan. And you can find me this coming Tuesday and beyond on the Chernobyl After Show. It's an amazing Ooh, so show. Good. And if you haven't canceled your HBO subscription, you should be watching this. It's five episodes. You can easily catch up. Make it happen. I agree. Well, guys, that's it. Nine years comes to an end. We will miss you guys. Leave comments. Follow us on all of the Grams social media out there. And we can continue the discussion about the best show that ever was. Valar Margulis. Valar did it. Thank you. Bye, bye. bye y'all. Our watch has ended. Now cake. Now cake. Yeah. Our founder, Kevin Undergaro, and me, Maria Menunos, would like to thank you for tuning in to AfterBuzz TV. Remember, we're not just the first, we're the biggest in the world, and we're the only destination for all your favorite TV shows. Whatever you crave, we've got it. So go to AfterBuzzTV.com and check out our lineup. Buzz you later. <laughs> the views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals. 